our handy dandy disclaimer that we are not doctors, we are not therapists, we are just a couple of guys who want to perpetuate an encouragement movement. We want to build you up, we want you to be in a position where you can maybe share information that we've shared with you, with others, to encourage them. Uh, but we are going to go on an encouragement drive. Going on an encouragement drive <laughs> and, right now. And, you know, when I heard your pod, our first podcast and you said encouragement drive, you said it in such a way, I'm like, I want to say encouragement drive. We're going on, sit back, relax, we're going on an encouragement drive. And so, thank you for letting me say it this time. I feel like, you know, I feel kind of, spe- feel kind of special. Did I say it at the same time you did? Did I, did I mess that up? No, you no, you didn't. I don't feel overshadowed at all. Good, good. You know, that's how I use the word overshadowed. Oh, but, I, but I don't, but I don't feel that way. It's good. So, we are going to be interviewing today, we're going to be interviewing uh, Miss Joe Arlo. Joe Arlo uh, is a, um, a local, local to the city of Olympia. She's has her own photography company, and you know, I don't want to go into too much detail because I want to, uh, we want to kind of get that from her, but she used to work for uh, the legislature as a legislative attorney, and um, just a cool person, and so today we're going to be talking about, you know, uh, encouragement and the grief process, and kind of um, what that entails, and what that looks like, and, and how Joe has, has been able to other people in her life uh, around that. Yeah, I did. I did have a chance to listen to it, so that helps. So we're we're yeah. live right now. Hi. We're we're Hi. just we're going on. We we want to welcome you so much uh, uh, for being here. We're going to go on an encouragement drive. Sounds good. Did you have any vitamin J in your Wheaties this morning? <laughs> I did. Oh, oh yeah. What, what's what's going to make today joyful? Oh, what's going to make today joyful? Um, it's already been joyful. Did my usual out and about with the dogs. Nice. It's a beautiful day. Um, I'm going to do some of what I usually do, my work. I have two main things that I do. I'm doing my photography, so I have some editing work to do for that. And then I have some work to do for... Um, one of the veterans organizations that I work with, Save the Warrior, so that's on the list today. Oh, that's awesome. What, what is the Save, Save the Warrior again? What is that about? So, Save the Warrior is a really unique and intense and uh, beautiful organization. It is an answer to what I know a lot of people are familiar with lately on the crisis of uh, veteran suicide. Okay. So, it is a veteran-run program that provides... Um, a five and a half day retreat and they take veterans who are um, in crisis or who have been in crisis and they put them through um, a week of teaching them transcendental meditation, equine therapy, um, some work around trauma and they've had about 400 people go through the program Wow. And it's been mm. intensely successful. Wow. Um, and it's a pretty unique approach that really has almost a hundred percent success rate. What What do you think? What do you think makes that? What do you think it's so successful? I think it's successful because it is a peer-led program. I know uh, my husband's situation and a lot of veterans. One of the most dangerous pieces of 
uh, leaving combat or active duty and trying to adjust to civilian life is isolation mm. and feeling misunderstood and out of place and that you no longer have a cohort of people who have your back and who you can talk to and who understand your experience. I think it's true with anyone who's experienced uh, or witnessed trauma, feelings of isolation and not being understood um, is a huge problem. And I also think there is a lot of science and evidence based that equine therapy and transcendental meditation um, actually are efficacious and have a science backing as to why they help improve people's quality of life too. That's beautiful. I mean, I, I mean, can, so equine therapy. Is sure. That, is that what? Is yeah. that like? <laughs> do you know what it's about? I, I well, I got a, I could poke a, a stab at it, but I, I think I might embarrass myself. <laughs> We're probably, really good at that, by the way. <laughs> really but that's why we need to encourage each other. We're like, oh, that's all right. That's, no. that's actually why we started this podcast. Is we started encouraging each other because we were, we're, what was it? We embarrass ourselves. So you want to take the embarrassment to a wider audience. Uh, yes. Right. So exactly. It's kind of like go big. Right. Yeah. To right. Cover up the yeah. Yeah. And like, you want to join us as a uh, <laughs> as on our podcast? Because it, it's like <laughs> it's like wash, rinse, repeat. You know what I mean? It's like no. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to digress and take away from um, really the kind of the, the beauty of the from just the short time the beauty sure. of this program. But so equine therapy. What is it's it? exactly what you think it would be. It's um, working with horses. I got it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Woo. Man, um, better finish your sentence. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's allowing it's allowing someone to um, to open up and to relax with. Um, perhaps an animal that feels a bit unpredictable okay. and to learn how to manage and control your own emotions as you're managing and controlling this very large, beautiful, and powerful animal so, and having hmm. a relationship. Um, okay, I'm sorry, and I don't mean to embarrass sure. myself here, but do they like do they like go out and like chase wild horses no. and like tame them? No. Okay. No. This is a very... Okay. Brian, a pretty, very, pretty, I'm, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't Brian know, just man. got done watching... Uh, Pocahontas? Uh, no, no, got done watching uh, Arnold Conan with Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, okay. apparently. Okay, yeah. riding, no. riding horses, riding no. horses. Well, I mean, you said, you know, I guess you said unpredictable animals, and so in my mind, I thought about like wild horses. Wild horses. horses. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I, I photograph uh, And that's what maybe, I think that's probably... Exactly, yeah. No, this is a very controlled situation with professionals who... The unpredictability, especially a lot of people don't have a lot of experience around horses. And they are very large and can be intimidating, but they're also very beautiful and soulful. Wow. And yeah. like like dogs, they have deep connection with people. Mm. Um, and so, like dogs, they are therapy animals. So. We have a mutual friend that works with horses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jackie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jack, Jack. I, I think the I think that would be a really beneficial because yeah. I think everything you just spoke of, mm-hmm. I have uh, uh, I can identify yeah. with like overcoming those potential anxieties or fears. Absolutely. And so, I mean, horses can be used for, you know, children who've experienced abuse or disability, anything. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, so, we, you know, we asked you to come spend time with us because we just think you're a pretty unique and awesome person. Just, (laughs) just, you know, following your photography, um, following your life journey. And so, you know, um, why... Well, my understanding is you're a legislative attorney for the I legislature. Was. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yes. Le- is that redundant? Legislative attorney for the legislatures. No, it's <laughs> okay, good. Sorry. Because people mostly don't know when I say I'm I was a a policy staffer, a le- you know, or an attorney for the legislature. Most people um, don't really know what that means, and I think people who work for the legislature, we all think 
or back when I was there that like we're the center of the universe and what happens there is you know everybody cares about but most people they hear things in the news but it's not it's not really uh, a critical interest uh, generally yeah. speaking mm -hmm. so yeah so basically I I was a lawyer who advised uh, most of my time there it was advising senators on policy and drafting legislation Ooh, okay nice and and so like you know we this podcast is about encouragement yes. and so I would imagine it took a huge uh, leap to and this is my assumption but it took a huge leap to, to step out of career that you've been doing to go into something completely different and so kind of what prompted that did you have people around you that were encouraging you what kind of helped you kind of to make that transition and to take that kind of leap so no your assumption is correct it okay. was an extremely difficult and transformative uh, leap to make and I think one thing that helps is if you don't think too much about what a big leap it is <laughs> if there is something that you really want to do or try I think we can all think our way out of making mm -hmm. really important changes because it's mm. not the right time, we don't have enough money, what will people think, what mm. will I do, how will it be? Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to say, I have no idea what it's going to be like and I'm just going to have to find out. Mm. Yeah. I think that's sort of become my watchword and it wasn't easy to make that transformation because I was definitely a person you can imagine, an attorney. I liked facts, information, mm -hmm. mapping everything out. Um, I think you can be encouraged by other people to make that kind of a change or by circumstance and my circumstance was um, my husband taking his own life in November of 2011 mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. as you can imagine it was extraordinarily traumatic um, and painful and caused me to reevaluate a lot of what I was doing with my life and how I spent my time mm -hmm. yeah. um, I Prior to that, I think I lived for my work and um, came to realize that that actually didn't make me very happy. And so I decided to do something different and I thought, well, I enjoy photography. Maybe I'll try that and see what that's like. So and, it was, and if you haven't, what's what's the name of your, your photography again so people know? Oh, it's Joe Arlo Photography. And if you haven't followed her, you have to. Thank you. I just want a, a little <laughs> plug for you there because it's really beautiful work. Thank you. Um, and I, it's, it's, um, it definitely was one of those things where I said, well, I'll, I'll just see how it goes. I can always go back to being a lawyer. You know, you always have your credentials. You always have your community. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I did make that transition. It is something where, particularly if you're someone who's really identified with your career mm -hmm. as who you are, there is a loss of identity for a while mm -hmm. until you build the new identity and mm. you have to be patient with yourself to mm. give yourself time it takes a few years mm -hmm. yeah it takes a while yeah it yeah. does it really does T to start all over and that identity thing can be a really difficult challenge like were there points where you're like ah i'm i can't I'm, I, absolutely and how i mean how absolutely. did you work through yeah, that how did you get through that um you cry mm -hmm. you you uh you talk to maybe one or two people and say, you know, this is what I'm, what I'm thinking. You look for, you know, for the encouragement mm -hmm. from others, certainly. Um, and I think you just have to give yourself time and be patient with yourself and keep saying, am I enjoying what I'm doing? And 
see how it goes. Mm -hmm. I think we're, you know, we live in a very impatient culture mm -hmm. and we want instant gratification and reward. And particularly if you're doing a career that's creative, there are very few external signals that you're doing something worthwhile. Mm -hmm. So like talking about like societal Absolutely. expectations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like so measure, measures, what's, what's, measures what's of success. What's the measurement, right? Yeah. Like yeah. so somebody, if you get hired for work, you know, as a photographer, somebody hires you, that's a sign that, you know, they've seen your work and you like it, but there's not a lot of, wow, you're so fabulous and mm. here's a ton of money and, um, there's, you know, there's no fame <laughs> in it. Um, but it really is an internal mm. process of, um, am I enjoying what I am doing every day? Mm. Is it meaningful to me? And I think for anyone in whatever work you choose, mm. those are important questions. And in my prior life, I thought, you know, yes, it's meaningful, but I wouldn't say that I was enjoying it. Mm. Um, mm. You weren't enjoying the, the, the legal work. Mm. Um, mm -hmm high stress uh -huh. kind of a thing. Uh -huh. um, so really patience I think is key. Patience with yourself and if you have somebody else who's making the transition, patience with their struggle um, to see if it works because nothing is instantaneous, uh -huh. right? It takes a lot. It can take years. I, I went to a, a workshop, a photography workshop in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Mm -hmm. And one of the photographers there, who's, uh, his name is Ben Moon, and you may have seen his film Denali, mm -hmm. that was going around the internet yeah, with his yeah, dog. Yeah. He said it took him eight years before he, as a photographer, before he, before he felt like, yeah, I really know what I'm doing. Yeah, my, my aunt's an artist. Yeah. And she would tell me, she's like, oh, there's no money in art. Um, she's like, that's why she, she would do illustrations and textbooks mm -hmm. to survive. And it wasn't until she's she's a little bit older now, but it wasn't until like thirty years into doing mm -hmm. art that she would actually be able to sell her prints for mm -hmm. a decent amount of money. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's so. it's a labor of I would say both love and necessity. Yeah. Um, but that's also mm -hmm. why I have this other piece of my life um, in the last couple of years, and you know that's how we met through yeah. the Victory Farm. Yeah, tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. So the Victory Farm was is. Um, a program started by a uh, Iraq Afghanistan vet named Mark. Yeah. You know. Oh, you know Mark. Yeah. And he Mark Mark Arovsky, by the way. Yeah. I know he's passionate about the saw Very, movement. He as got well. me. He got me into it. So yeah. he, I just saw in the paper, um, I had been wanting to do some documentary photography work around veterans and farming, which oh. is you know a new movement. Mm -hmm. My husband was uh, very into the outdoors and gardening, and I knew it was something that would have been therapeutic for him, yeah. as it is for a lot of returning veterans. And I saw in the paper that um, Mark had started this program at Garden Raised Bounty, which is a at-risk use program mm -hmm. here at Farm in Olympia. Mm -hmm. And he had found a piece of land on the east side and had turned it from a junk heap um, and was working to make it a working farm for veterans and their families to come and to feed the community. How many pounds of garbage did he pull out of there? Or oh, it was like five tons or something. Five, it was just, tons, of, it five was tons of garbage. Well, it was it old was swing sets. Oh my and goodness! Just and turned it really. We turned it into a gorgeous, mm -hmm. gorgeous wow. farm, just shy of one acre. We fed Ooh, awesome um, a lot of the homeless population at street feeds mm -hmm. all summer long. Last summer, we had Ooh. thousands of pounds of food that went down there. Um, 
through uh, the organization Crazy Faith, and it was, um, I think it really helped beautify that part of the neighborhood mm -hmm. and the community on the east side. I think it was a very, a very neat program. Unfortunately, we lost the lease, so the farm is no more. Uh, they have a little. They have a little one. A little one over at Grub. At Grub. They, a little victory garden With a very aside. passionate person, <laughs> yes. you know, driving that Rachel, space. Yeah, Rachel, she's, yeah. Um, <laughs> she's, yeah, so she is gardening it. So you can go by Grub and there is still a little plot. And they are working on finding new property for next year. So Awesome. Yeah, I mean, just coming back to your, your husband a little bit, if yes, that's okay. Yes, absolutely. You know, the... Um, I would imagine, and Nathan and I would imagine that, you know, when you lose somebody close to you, um, there's a lot of self-encouragement that happens as well as encouragement from other people. And like, can you just tell us that story a little bit in terms sure. of like that what process? That like. Yeah. What that's like yeah. in the people, faith, yeah. family, friends. I think, you know, I was somebody who, and I always have been really independent. Mm -hmm. um, and. I think when you're in a situation where you are completely devastated, you really have to trust and rely on other people to help you. And sometimes you come to the point where you have no choice, and I think that's where I was at, that I had to rely on my community. Um, and you have to let people encourage you and help you, even if you're someone who you typically think, well, I've, I've got it all going on, and I'm the one who's going to... You know, I'm mm -hmm. the one who's typically encouraging other people and being the strong one. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely had to let everybody, I, I use the phrase, kind of carry me for a couple mm -hmm. of years mm -hmm. um, because it was so devastating. Um, I'm fortunate that I do have a really strong community of, of friends here, of my husband's family who lives here. Mm -hmm. um, it's the old adage of people that you didn't know who would really step up. Mm -hmm. um, really do step up mm. to care for you. Um, what were some of the things that they did for you? I think the most, and this is, I think, for me, one of the most helpful things is someone who will call and say, hey, get dressed, we're going to go on a little adventure. Mm, right we're going to go climb Mount Eleanor, we're going to go to the ocean and run the dogs. Um, who encourages you to get out and experience something outside of whatever pain you're experiencing. Mm, that's so good. Without feeling like, hey, how are you? Let's talk about it. Mm, yeah. So action and um, and getting out and being in the world and doing something mm. enjoyable was one of the most important things. And I have a couple of friends who, who were really, really good about that. And that was very important. I think that's extremely important. I mean, I think that in a lot of ways I find a combination of those two. I have an affinity towards I'll either want to communicate with somebody or go go on an, um, an activity. But just hearing that, it really does remind me the importance of going and taking action, going out and in and participating in nature or an event. Um, it's that's a really good tool. And nature is is, is incredibly healing. And what's interesting that's happened in the last year and a half is I have a friend who was a co-worker and her husband actually committed suicide. Mm. And um, working to assist her on her journey for both of us has been, again, really transformative. And, mm. and you know, she talks about me being sort of her guide out of the wilderness. Mm. And I feel like, oh, well, all I've been doing is just sharing what my experience has been 
but I know for her, it's been extremely helpful. And so one of the things I was thinking about when I knew I was going to be here today <laughs> was it really is true that when you are struggling, because I still struggle. I mean, nothing is linear, right? Mm -hmm. Healing is not linear. Mm -hmm. uh, transformation is not linear. Mm -hmm. So I can still have days and weeks where I really struggle. And I mm -hmm. find that the single, other than being outside <laughs> and going for a hike, the single best thing I can do is encourage somebody yeah. who's mm -hmm. struggling yeah. and be there mm -hmm. for someone who is struggling. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is amazing what a positive force it is in your own heart mm -hmm. when you know I may be having this really difficult time mm -hmm. um, but I can still be here for somebody else it's sort of a reflection of your own strength that's mm -hmm. really important yeah well you it's know so and uh, you know in preparation for this conversation yes. right <laughs> I was like you know how do you talk to somebody who's lost someone right and you know a lot of the, the you know the it seemed like the explanations are very like you know here are the steps that you go through to to know, help somebody to talk to somebody you know yeah. it's like it, it was like a not that this wasn't beneficial but it just didn't seem very authentic, authentic. Right. so one of the most important things that you can say to someone who's yeah. who's lost a spouse is that am I allowed to curse yeah okay yeah we'll just we'll you just we'll just bleep you out, bleep bleep you out. out. Okay. I got a cool yeah. horn okay sound no or you just you just tell someone you know hey that really sucks. That sucks, and I'm so sorry. You know, that just, you must just, yeah. That just sucks. Yeah. And I'm sorry there's nothing anybody can do. Mm. I'm here if you need something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't pretend, I don't pretend to understand yeah. Yeah. what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Want to go for a hike? Right. Mm -hmm. Right? You know? Right. Yeah, and I think that's, I think, yeah. that, I think take, I mean, that, I think about, you know, when you transition from being a legislative attorney mm -hmm. to a photographer, talking to somebody who's lost someone is almost like, not the same emotional leap, but it's a leap for some mm -hmm. people. It's like, well, how do how do we talk about this? How do I don't know what to say? I don't know what and to then, do. And right? then the Ooh. sad thing is, is then people don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or they don't. Yeah. One of the biggest difficulties for someone I think who has lost someone, and it's it's true. I my mentor in graduate school. Does that have them come? No, no. Okay, okay. My mentor in graduate school actually uh, lost her daughter uh, the day her daughter graduated from was graduating from high school. Oh, wow. She had just a stroke. Mm. You know? And uh, mm. she said the hardest thing for her was that nobody ever wanted to talk about her daughter because they thought it might upset her. So she said people pretend her daughter never existed. Oh. And that was worse mm. yeah. um, mm. than anything else. And so for me, one of the reasons that I really appreciate all these guys who I work with in the veterans groups mm -hmm. is they've all lost people yeah. to suicide, mm -hmm. to, to the trauma of war. They are not afraid. They welcome. They are interested in who is this person you lost? Tell me yeah, about them. That's so good. So, so I have a little story mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. You know, so she, we talked about Mark Arofsky a little bit, and and I had known Mark for like two weeks, mm -hmm. and I totally opened up to him. Oh yeah. More so than I had like some of my own close family members. You know, he's just like, tell me about it, bro. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. You know, and then and then we went to when the Victory Farm was open. We went to this this big party that they were cutting up logs and we were building we were really we were reopening the, the farm for the next the second was year this, oh the spring yeah. yeah that was a great party and uh we had this circle time and you know there's a lot of talk about the power of a circle the circle and that's the check why, in the, the check, check in the yeah. check in and um my kids who were like super shy like way introverted do not like if people say hi to them they like 
give them like a scowl like don't mess with me like they just don't they're just not extroverted kids but in the check-in the space was so safe that they that they actually talked mm-hmm. about their their good what happened that was good and bad you know my five and my seven-year-old within Whoa. that space yeah. um there was just an aura or comfort that was created you because know. when you when you see a group and you see people modeling that kind of openness and um authenticity Ooh. and lack of judgment mm-hmm. you make it safe for other people mm-hmm. and yeah mark is mark is really are really good at that uh he's my homeboy nice. yeah so he's, he's, he's my awesome. bff um Man, he's such a good person nice everybody I, needs to get to know mark everybody needs to know mark. and you know what you know what's awesome you know what's awesome sorry he, mark you know what's awesome is is he will totally like respond back yes and just and just offer himself to you. That's just he the does. type of guy he is. He with. is. He's he totally, totally authentic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, you know, again, in thinking about today, you know, authenticity, people really respond to that. And part of authenticity, I think, is admitting that you don't have all the answers. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people look at my story and are like, wow, you know, you've made it. You've done it. Like, you had mm. this really horrible thing and, and you made this transition. And you look at Facebook and, wow, you have, like, the best life. Mm-hmm. And we all know that, you know, the authentic truth is that, like I said, um, the struggle continues every day. Mm -hmm. It's about building your life every day. So. Well, and just to Mm -hmm. to flip, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, how we encourage other people and and how you talk to somebody who's, who's experienced the loss, but, but just to kind of flip it around, Mm -hmm. you know, um, how do you find, and I'm, I'm interested to hear from you as well, Nathan, you know, if you're comfortable kind of mm-hmm. sharing about, you know, your loss, mm-hmm. but, you know, how would you encourage somebody to, um, to talk about it, you know, to, to, when, when were you ready to start like kind of engaging people about it as well? About what and, it and happened? A, yeah. And in a confident way, you know, and I remember, I remember kind of talking with you about this beforehand and kind of having some hesitancy like mm-hmm. okay is it okay if we talk about these things and you're like oh yeah it's totally fine you know and so when did the, but I could tell you were confident in that response so right. when did that happen like what, what you know it's it's I think it's it's different for everybody mm-hmm. okay. um, I think you know grief and this is what I always say even my friend who lost her husband who took his own life a year and a half ago I say I don't pretend to know your experience mm-hmm. because every circumstance around every death is different whether it's a sudden heart attack or cancer, mm-hmm. everyone's going to have a different experience of what they're comfortable with. And particularly, mm-hmm. I think, around suicide, there's a sense of shame. And so some people don't want people to know that that's how the person mm-hmm. died. Mm-hmm. For me, I was cognizant, cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so really from the very beginning, I never shied away from talking about what happened. Mm-hmm. Also, it's a small community here, and a lot of people mm-hmm. do anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a conscious choice to say, I don't want to compound my pain by feeling shame when my husband was someone who was a veteran mm-hmm. who suffered. Mm-hmm. He had PTS, he had some physical disabilities and really quite severe chronic pain. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want it to be something that I felt, if I felt like it was shameful, that somehow I was ashamed of him or his life mm-hmm. or who he was. Right. And I had nothing but love. Yeah. And so for me it was really important to openly talk about him and what happened as a way of honoring him and my love for him and keeping him present with me. Yeah. And so I think that confidence in talking about it 
was always there. I think what's changed over time is the acuteness of the pain in mm -hmm. talking about him. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's different. That's going to be different for for everybody in terms of what someone's comfort level is. Yeah. But I think at the core, I wanted to talk about him because my love for him mm -hmm. and wanting to keep him present and have other people know he was this amazing, amazing person. Mm -hmm. How he died is not the sum total of his story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly, and sharing that, that, and if I could speak, you said about. Yeah. Well, my, I mean, this my, is. This is yeah. <laughs> no. It's your show, I, man. I, this is, I, I this is the this is the the polite uh, Nathan who who, polite. who likes to uh, be enthusiastic a lot of the times, but every once in a while um, needs to really get some stuff out. I can definitely identify with um, that. That it's different for everybody and at different times, um, but also really the, the way that they passed away. Because guess what? We're all gonna pass away. That's right. We're all gonna die. That's right. And it's it's the time Thanks, that dude. it's the time that we're <laughs> bringing it down. Yeah. Bring it down. I'm bringing, I'm bringing it. To, I'm trying to bring it right. I'm bringing it no, to the. No, I see where you're ready? going. You ready? Yeah. And so what's gonna happen is it's it's what we do while we're here. That's right. It's I mean that that gives it the hmm. the the urgency the poignancy the poignancy yeah. the significance the the purpose for each each day preach it brother i don't think we have it like throughout the day i don't have it all all day long mm. i go up i go down i try to sure. keep it even keel but in relationship to the the times that i had in in grieving my father passing and my mother passing my dad ken black uh, died of cancer it, went quick my mom had multiple strokes and was quadriplegic and it went long for years and I was power of attorney over uh, her and I cared for her um, you know in the way that I could right mm -hmm. and we're all in those those moments where where we might be with people that are uh, injured have some type of illness um, that need help and we don't even know it or or we do know it mm -hmm. it's that time that we share just in case, just in case that that love, that encouraging word, that smile, that 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 openness and authenticity that we all need, but sometimes feel afraid to to allow out of ourselves. But in reality, we all have the we're all connected. We all have the human spirit, right? And what got me through everything was my faith, my faith in in God my faith and a personal relationship that I have with Jesus Christ. My best friend. He's always there for me. He guides me. And I know everyone's got different uh, spiritual directions, but uh, I've, I've found that my relationship with God and through Jesus, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's what got me through. And so I can identify with it the different times. For me, it took, it took a little bit of time. But moving forward, uh, I've been able to to celebrate his life, celebrate my my mom's life, and because he did such a great job. Was it tough? Yeah. Did they have two boys? Yeah. Was it tough with two boys? Absolutely. <laughs> and so you know, you look back and you and you got to celebrate celebrate the people's lives when they pass, but also when we're, when we're here with each other, celebrate each other now.
So I, I think the single most important part of the transformation, I mean, forget like lawyer to photographer, all of that's like window dressing. Mm. The most important thing is being awake and present mm. to your life and the people that are in it every day. Mm-hmm. And it can be tiring. Mind, you know, sometimes I say, man, all this mindfulness really sucks. It's really exhausting. I'm tired of being mindful, mindful detachment, practicing, you know, meditation and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Sometimes it's like, oh, I'm tired of being mindful. Screw mindfulness. But it truly is the authentic way to be because as you're saying, we all have that need to connect. And I think in my old life, I don't say my old life, mm. um, you know, I was a workaholic and I was like staring at my to-do list and thinking about work. And not looking up and not taking the time to be present to, you know, the natural world more, to the people in my life, to really listen and be open. And I was also, I think, a much more uh, reticent person in terms of privacy. Mm. And I'm here today, right? I never would have done this before, you know, to be much more open with people. And one thing that Mark really models, and Mm -hmm. I think I learned a lot from Mark, is when you model that authenticity. Mm people are dying to respond in kind Mm -hmm. like we're all we all want to have those connections Mm -hmm. and so when you show look hey i i'm here i'm present i'm my heart is to you Mm -hmm. i sincerely care and listen people people know when that's true Mm -hmm. and they respond and that is something that someone takes away with them Mm -hmm. and then they can do it for someone else or for themselves Mm -hmm. so that's for me the biggest change that I've experienced as a person is just being being open and present and having more more compassion mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and mindfulness on a daily basis. Well, and that's I mean that's why we're doing this mm-hmm. yeah. this podcast or this collaborative, yeah. as we like to call it, because it because we feel like we're in partnership with yeah, people like who are interacting. Mm-hmm. You know, we feel like it's a partner. We're, we're giving this away, right? It's right. It, the whole thing is about giving it away, about giving encouragement away to other people because it's way more powerful than breaking people down. Mm-hmm. And we and we believe and we believe just along with along with that that want to be authentic and reciprocate authenticity that we believe that people want to encourage they other do. people mm-hmm. naturally. We want to. It's connection. We, we want to make people it's connection. We want to yes. make people feel good. Yeah. We don't want to. We really don't want to break them down, but we do, for some reason. Maybe it's I don't know. Fear. That's getting into the whole. It's fear. Projection yeah. and fear. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of power in that. You know, and I think that um, the, you know, talking because my brother passed away from cancer mm-hmm. and I and a couple of years ago and and I don't talk about him often because I'm afraid to cry in front of people. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, you know, because it's really kind of a deep loss. Like I think about calling him all the time, kind mm. of thing. Yeah. But I do carry him with me, in in the sense that um, I remember one time I was venting with him about just speaking to authenticity. And it, when you're when you're being told your life is going to be gone soon, you're he was definitely authentic mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And mm-hmm. um, I remember I was venting him about something because he always he would always be available for me and stuff like that. He, regardless of where he was at and he was like you know he's like he's like you have nothing to complain about (laughs) (laughs) he's like you need to just you just need to regardless of what other people are saying or doing in your life you need to just kind of focus on what you need to get done and just do it Mm -hmm. 
And I carry that with me in the sense that, you know, this is why we're doing why why we invested in this podcast because um, it's about deliberate purpose, I mm-hmm. guess yes. is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And, Living and, deliberately. Do you ever talk to your brother? Yeah. So I want to get for the for the listeners out there. I'm going to get a little woo woo here, as some people might call it. But I guess it's a you know, uh, if you live in we Olymp- live in Olympia. Live I was in, just going to say we yeah, live, live in Olympia. Olympia long enough. Most of you, I know, most Everybody's of you woo-woo. have saged your home. Oh yeah, hey, I have. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Yes, we know there's some closet sagers out there. Okay, um, I'm one of them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, think I equate so, Olympia with sage. So. <laughs> Every store, even the corner store, has sage. Um, and so, <laughs> a year after my brother passed away, he actually visited us mm-hmm. on the date of uh, within a few days of, of the anniversary of his death. You know, things started moving around in our house mm-hmm. and fixture frames, pans on the stove. Um, and I had a vision of him, uh, kind of, I had a vision of him laying underneath me, kind mm-hmm. of holding me up in mm-hmm. bed mm-hmm. as I was mm-hmm. sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I dreamt this and it was so real. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a, rem- I mean, as scary as it was to like actually kind of experience that, I don't know mm-hmm. if I was manifesting it because it was an anniversary of his death or what, but it was just a reminder that, and it kind of speaks to what you're talking about, that he's still here with me always. And I, and I honestly, you asked if I talked to him, um, whenever I'm going through anything challenging and, and aside from the mindset work or mindfulness work that I'm doing on my own, on my own, um, he's, which contributes to my resiliency, right? When I have my lows, when I have setbacks, I'm a lot more resilient because of that mindfulness and mindset work. But I'm also a lot more resilient because I carry him with me, right? I carry yes. his courage I carry his, his love. love. I carry his support still here, even though he's not here in a mm-hmm. physical way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still, so, and that was just kind of a reminder that I'm still supported by him, mm-hmm. um, regardless of him being physically here. Uh, that absolutely, mm-hmm. I I totally relate to that. My husband was my biggest cheerleader, yeah. and I totally feel in everything that I've been doing, his love and support for me. He always was encouraging me because he could see how much my work was taxing me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when I was at the legislature, I worked on all of the human services and corrections issues. So a lot of, I always used to joke, it was every bad thing, every person could, that could happen to a person. Bad mm-hmm. people doing things to each other. Mm-hmm. So you do get burnout. And he was always encouraging me, hey, don't you want to do something else that's just allows you to have more mm-hmm. of a life where you look up and isn't so, uh, isn't so depressing? quite honestly. Mm-hmm. So I really do feel his encouragement mm-hmm. in what I'm doing now. And I know that I am now living a life that he really was encouraging me to have mm-hmm. when he was alive. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. there's the real sadness that he isn't here to see it, but I also know that he's still with me mm-hmm. and still encouraging me. And I think as long as we are here, they are here without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the love really, you know, they say love really does carry on. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah, uh, I'm either gonna start crying or, or, or sing a song. So I'll just. <laughs> Why don't you I'll sing? Just, um, people really liked his singing. <laughs> <laughs> How about? Uh, 
Well, yeah, why not? Let, let you want me to go do something? I'll do something. Okay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We've been together for a while now. We're growing stronger every day now. It feels like there's no doubt I will stay with you. Yay! That was awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, any parting words for our listeners, Joe? I mean, oh. gosh, there's this has just been such a rich conversation with so many wonderful, me. wonderful, wonderful reminders on how to uh, lift each other up. Yeah, I think that's 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 a really powerful message. Is yeah, when you're hurting, really helping somebody else who you know is hurting, it really is transformative. And uh, just be kind to yourself mm-hmm. um, and to others. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks, thanks guys. Joe. That's great. Thank you. Cool.